Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. And as per usual, I got two disclaimers for you. Disclaimer number one is this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Inside, you're going to find absolutely zero actual, actionable financial advice. Inside, you're going to find absolutely zero entertainment content. Once again, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, Disclaimer number two, this podcast is extremely not safe for work, so consider yourself warned. All right, so I'm actually going to be doing this on AMC because last night I went to a special situations meeting hosted by the CFA Society of Chicago. And basically the way it works is they announce the company in question and everyone individually does the research. Then you come to the meeting and you you talk about the company for about 90 minutes. I will admit uh, I was woefully unprepared from the standpoint this company was a lot more complex than I had given it credit for. So I really only had time to read the 10K and read the 10Q. I never really got to dig into the numbers too hard. Um, And also, I'm kind of... So let me just flat out say, uh, everything you hear on this is going to be my analysis. I'm not going to quote anyone from the meeting because I wouldn't want to do that without their permission. I know this podcast is not safe for work. I know it's unprofessional. I don't want to associate these professionals with this podcast. And uh, so, there you have it. And also, when I go to these meetings, I don't want the other people to think that what they're saying is a matter of record and here this asshole is going to, you know, talk about it on his podcast and uh, out people for their opinions that they may think they're giving in private. So, in any case, moving right along. So, if I say something stupid, uh, you can be 100% certain it is uh, my stupidity. So, let's get right down to it. AMC, number one, do I understand the business? I like to think I do. Uh, I understand the customer-facing part of it pretty good. You go to movie theater, you buy a ticket, pretty easy. As for how it works with uh, the film expedition costs, like how the ticket revenue is divvied up between the theater and the studios, I I understand the general gist of how that works. Um, Like, you know, for the first X amount of weeks, most of it's going, if not all of it's going to the studio, and then theaters make it uh, up uh, in the long run, and then like they get most of their money from concessions. Like I, Very broadly speaking, I understand that, but I'm not intimately knowledgeable of how that works. But I'd still say I think I understand the business. Uh, number two, is the company going to be around in 10 or 20 years? So let me clarify. I think that the movie industry like the, the will definitely be around in 10 or 20 years. I think the concept of theaters will be around in 10 or 20 years. I think the brand name AMC will be around in 10 or 20 years. But as for this specific company, as it, is, as it stands today, I'm not so sure. And there's two reasons for it, which I'll touch upon. One is they have a shit ton of debt. And I'll get more into this later, but they did a bunch of acquisitions, leveraged acquisitions for company that already, for companies pardon me, that already had a shit ton of debt on their own balance sheets. So now they're being rolled over into AMC. And two, uh, I think this space is highly susceptible to technological innovation um, from the, just, you know, real quick. uh, You know, when I was a kid, the movies were in the theater for about six months, it seemed. Now it's probably closer to about three months. And in their 10K, they actually mentioned how that could go to zero, 
So just imagine how that could look like, what that could look like, you know, Disney having their own Netflix type thing they're building. You could envision a scenario when they release a new movie, they release it straight onto that web service, uh, cutting out the middleman. Now, is that where it's going? I'm, I don't know, but it's, it's possible. Um, at the very least, it could shorten the theatrical release window um, even more than it already has been. So those are the two main major concerns. The big one is the debt, which I'll get to. It's a shit ton of debt. So is the company around 10 or 20 years? Um, not for certain. And it is, it is a junk bond, I should add. Uh, let's see. So number three, any competitive advantages? Uh, network effect? No. Uh, cost leader? No. Um, high switching costs? No. Intangible assets? Maybe. Um, the brand name I don't think is worth anything. I mean, I don't think anyone cares what the brand is on the outside of a theater. Uh, and in, but you can, you, okay. So where I live in Glendale Heights, Illinois, there has to be at least a dozen theaters in a 20, in a 20 minute radius. It's insane. And that's how it was in Arizona. So that's what I'm used to. But I suppose if you live out in the sticks, there might only be one theater for, you know, a 30 mile radius. So that individual theater has a geographical monopoly and could exhibit pricing power over its consumers. But in aggregate, on a national scale, do I think AMC has that kind of pricing power? Uh, no, no, I don't. So I would say no for competitive advantages. But I could be wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. Uh, so let's get to what I hate about this business. Um, it's owned by a Chinese conglomerate called Wanda. So 80% of the voting rights are with Wanda, meaning you don't get independent directors. And also by virtue of the fact that the Chinese company, uh, I don't, okay. Um, I tend to stay away from investing in Chinese companies. And it's not just Chinese companies, it's really third world dictatorships in general. And it has nothing to do with you know, patriotism or altruism or morality or any, any of that stuff. It's really just about historical precedent, like dictatorships, and shareholders don't mix well. I mean, you know, South America is a terrific example, or a terrorizing example, a uh, terrible example. Uh, Venezuela in particular. Uh, you have the Yahoo and Alibaba, and with, with specific regard to Alibaba pay, what happened to Yahoo, um, for instance. And that was a huge, you know, American corporation it happened to, let alone, you know, me and you. So I tend to, I, I just wouldn't invest in AMC just based on that, just based on the fact of uh, just uh, shareholder governance, or corporate governance, rather, shareholder rights. Uh, number two, you know, they, they do have a shit ton of debt. Uh, so to put in perspective, their market cap is $1.7 last I checked. It, I think, probably went down since yesterday. Um, and their enterprise value, I calculate, at about uh, $7 billion. So that's a, that's a shit ton of debt. That's $5.3 billion in debt. And you're looking at a company that doesn't have these big bottom lines. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't really get into the qualitative too much, but you're looking at about $100 million in net income. Now, it, you know, with all these acquisitions, is that going to be a bigger number? It's hard to tell because they took a loss recently. That's why the stock is down 64%. Now, is that loss because the overall movie industry is down? Okay, or is it specific to AMC? And you have to realize that AMC, uh, their costs are highly fixed because they, they lease all these buildings, whether or not people go to the movies or not. So if people aren't going to the movies, it can really just do, you know, damage their bottom line. Um, those are the hard questions I don't have an answer to. Uh, 
unfortunately. But the fact remains, they still have $5.3 billion in debt. Their bottom line, whether it's $100 million or $200 million, is still going to concern me for paying off all that debt. And uh, they, it's, it's extremely capital intensive. I think they expect to spend $400 billion so it's four hundred billion, uh, four hundred million in capex this year. I think it was like three hundred million last year. So long story short, you know, poor corporate governance due to being a Chinese conglomerate owning this company. Uh, you know, what I view as a commoditized business from the standpoint you don't care if you're going to an AMC or a Regal or a Marcus or a Classic Cinemas or whatever your local uh, cinemas are. And uh, yeah, shit ton of debt. If I didn't mention that already. So, in any case, uh, what else do I want to get to? I'm at 8.50. I have to be forgetting something of significance. Oh, yeah, their acquisitions. That's why they're in all this debt. Uh, so they acquired Odin, Carmike, and Nordic. Odin and Nordic are European companies. Carmike is in 41 states here in the good old U.S. of A. They actually paid a high premium for the European companies, uh, you know, over a 2 well, let me spill it out for you. So Odin is a European one. They're in UK, Spain, Italy, Germany, and other places. Uh, they bought 242 theaters with that acquisition at a 6.9 million per, according to my coagulations. My coagulations uh, is using enterprise value. It's counting lease obligations as debt. It's counting other long-term liabilities as debt. Maybe your coagulations would work out differently, but just using mine. Uh, the Carmike acquisition was 271 theaters at an average price of 4.75 million per theater. Um, and the Nordic, which is in, uh, I didn't put where Nordic is in. It's in the, well, it's in the Norwegian countries of uh, Europe. They bought 71 theaters for a price of 13.3 million per. So more than double the American theaters. Uh, so the rationale behind spending a premium on the European theaters is thus, uh, this is according to their 10K, just you're talking about highly centralized population centers in Europe um, with a lot less movie theaters per capita than here in the United States. But the flip side of that is they spend a lot less at the movies than we do. But apparently they still thought there was some good opportunities for price gouging in uh, Europe. Um, let's see what else. So the acquisition. Oh yeah. So these companies had a shit ton of debt on the balance sheets when they were acquired. Uh, AMC had to take on more debt to acquire these companies. So that, that's where you get all that that 5.3 billion in debt from. Let's see what would be my next point. I don't think I. It's on this sheet. Oh, uh, let's see. So there's Movie Pass. I want to get to that at the end. I could have swore there was one more thing. I guess I'll get to movie pass now, and if I remember the other thing, I'll remember it. But uh, so movie pass, so technological uh, innovation. This is just one such example of something that can happen. So movie pass is a, a company you may have heard about. It. It's in the news. AMC is suing them. Uh, the CEO of movie pass. Uh, he's a co-founder of Netflix. He's a former president and CEO of Redbox. So he knows something about disruption in the movie industry. And their business model is this: it's ten dollars a month for a subscription, and in return, you get to see a movie a day, a 2D movie a day at any movie. Th it works in 91% of the movie theaters in America. Okay, and so AMC is saying this is ridiculous. This business model's never going to work. Um, it's going to drive down the, the public's uh, faith in the movie industry. 
Uh, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's a bunch of bullshit. And then um, movie passes explanation for what they're going to do is also bullshit. They're basically saying, we're going to provide such a great value to the movie theaters that they're going to become a valuable partner for us in the future. Uh, what I think MoviePass is trying to do, which is basically the same thing the press release says, except in more correct terms, I think they're trying to drive up the number of subs that you know use MoviePass to a point where they actually get pricing power over the AMCs and the Regals. Um, and so that's why AMC is suing them. That's why AMC is afraid of them. And even if MoviePass doesn't work, even if it goes bankrupt, which you know it's a new company, so it probably will, uh, it can still do damage from the standpoint that it can lower how much people expect to spend at the movies. So when a suicide bomber is running at you, you're not exactly concerned with his long-term health. You're more concerned about your own. So if I was AMC, I would be concerned about MoviePass. And other such technological advancements that can occur in that space, like I said before. And I never did remember my other point. Let's see. I think I, I made notes. I didn't look at them, but I, I did make notes. Let's, let's have some awesome uh, dead air time. Do, 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 do. Okay, let's see. Oh, recliners. Ah, yes. Okay. Give me a minute to talk about recliners. Uh, so you may have noticed more and more of the theaters have recliners in them. Uh, real quickly, uh, putting recliners into a theater reduces uh, the, the, the number of seats by two-thirds, but they expect to bring them more on volume. The first year they bring in the recliners, I, I think they say they get a revenue increase of 40 to 60%. That might be on a per-chair basis. I'm not sure. But in any case, and their plan is to not raise prices the first year they bring in the recliners, and then after that to really gouge you. Uh, but it's a defensive CapEx measure, uh, which in their CapEx is, you know, is considerable, like I mentioned before, $400 million in this year, supposedly. Um, it's a defensive measure from the standpoint, that, like, imagine a rock concert where you go, and everyone's sitting, and then the band gets on stage, so everyone stands up, and then everyone starts standing on their seats. So you stand up on your seat. Well, at the end of the day, you're just a bunch of assholes standing on your seats, not getting a better view than if you were all just regularly standing, right? But, yeah, so that's kind of what happens with these defensive CapEx measures is like every company starts to put in these recliners and at the end of the day, it really doesn't help out any of the, the companies. So that's my point that I wanted to make. So, all right, thank you very much for listening. This has been Dan Hansen with How Not to Suck at the Stocks. Over now. Okay, bye-bye.